Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. I look out, I see new faces I've not seen before. Uh, that's a good sign, a sign of a growing church, and uh, it's an honor to be here. Of course, my family, my wife Robin, our seven children, and we've got to enjoy some time this week with the McMurtry family. Uh, but I appreciate Liberty Baptist Church, and uh, it's been a friend to our ministry long before there was a Revival Baptist Church. Liberty Baptist Church stood with the Boyle family, and you supported the work, and you prayed for us, and uh, just what a blessing it is, and you guys send representatives our way. We're yet to send representatives this way, but you all keep coming and visiting, and we enjoy it. It's a blessing, but I appreciate Pastor McMurtry and the friendship that he is. Uh, anytime I need level-headed advice, I call Pastor McMurtry, and I appreciate him. I appreciate he gives godly wisdom. You're blessed to have him here with you, and I certainly appreciate the opportunity to be here. And then the team that God has put together, Brother Austin here and the Chicago Outreach, and what a blessing that that is to see that going, and what a future that this, this ministry has, and appreciate that. And then there's Brother Daniel, a man after my heart here. I love music. I love music. And I'm telling you, last time I was here was a little over a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, and you were learning the choir. I asked, can I sit in the choir practice? And it was like Greek. I mean, the music was all over the page, and I thought, there's no way. The Lord God Omnipotent was the song. And you all didn't know it yet at the time. You were learning it, and I'm sitting there thinking, there is no way. And then someone said, you're like singing it in two weeks. And I remember watching when you got it all together, and man, what a beautiful song that that was. And then to see, not only has he taught the choir how to sing, the congregation's now singing. I mean, he, he's leading like, the, like he would an orchestra, and then the orchestra coming in together. My heart was touched already. I appreciate what God is doing here, and I echo what Pastor McMurtry said. This is not everywhere. This is something don't take for granted. The, the song service in many churches are dead. And it's hard to preach after a dead song service. And so I'm excited to be here. I thank you so much for everything. Now, they say as the music goes, so goes the church. I mean, that's what they kind of say through the years. And uh, if the music starts going bad, the preaching starts going bad. So your music's going good. So hopefully the preaching will start to go good eventually. <laughs> Amen. But uh, you're on the right track anyway. But Exodus chapter 23 I also want to shout out to the Pizak family. They're housing us this week and have been super gracious to us as hosts. And uh, we appreciate that. They're good friends. And, in fact, the first time Brother Sean heard me preach was last year or whatever here. He had been to our church a couple times, and Pastor Fritz was preaching for us one service. And we had one of our guys preaching, and he had to come all the way to Illinois before he could hear me preach. Uh, but even after that, he's opened his house to me. So I appreciate that and the Pizak family. But Exodus 23, I hope that you were paying attention as it was read. I don't want to go through the whole chapter, but we're going to focus on the final part of that chapter where the law is being given at the beginning, the do's, the don'ts, how to live godly. Pastor McMurtry covered that in the first hour. Love God, love your neighbor. And if you think about those two thoughts, all of these laws make sense. You know, you see your uh, neighbor's ass or, or animal going astray. It's your responsibility to go out there and get it, because if that was your animal, you'd want someone to do that. And you see these laws given. And then you see the angel that God's going to send before the people, and he's going to lead them. He's going to show them where to go and what to do and he says if you follow that angel that I send before you you follow my leader he said I'm going to make I'm going to become an adversary to your adversaries I'm going to become an enemy to your enemy God's saying hey I'll be your defender I will fight those battles for you that leads us up now to verse number 27 he says I will send my fear before thee 
and will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come, and I will make all thine enemies turn their backs unto thee. And I will send hornets before thee, which shall drive out the Hivite, the Canaanite, and the Hittite from before thee. I will not drive them out from before thee in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beast of the field multiply against thee. Verse 30 is our text. By little and little I will drive them out from before thee until thou be increased and inherit the land. And the title of the message this morning is Little by Little. And this is what we see happening here as God has promised them a great big promise. He's, tell, he's telling his people, I'm going to drive all the enemies out. I'll be an adversary to all the land. You're eventually going to inherit all these boundaries. And those boundaries have been set. But he makes a stipulation. He says, I'm only going to do it little by little. I'm not going to drive them out in one year. Now, God is able to. Amen. He's able to drive out all of our enemies. He's able to do whatever he wants. I mean, and I find it interesting, one of the ways that he could do it is hornets. I mean, you just think of this mighty army. All the equipment, all the training, and all you have to have is a swarm of hornets come through, and they run away like schoolgirls. I mean, it's just like, I mean, God can do anything he wants, but he's telling them, he's putting a stipulation in, he says, I'm only going to do it a little bit at a time. And I want to kind of focus on that because as Christians, even as just people, as humans, you know, we just, we're looking for a sensational feeling. We're looking for a pick-me-up. We want something bigger and better. We want to be part of something great and mighty. And, you know, we always want to just see the, the hand of God and wherever that is, we want to go. We want to be part of the soul winning marathons, and those are great to be part of. But you know what? We need to be part of the weekly marathons, the weekly soul winning. You know, we want, what, a, what a tremendous song service this was. But, you know, not every song service is this way. I mean, I, I, I hope. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you guys are just, this was a bad week for you. I'm like, Wow. This is phenomenal. But I know there was a lot of practice that went into that. But even, even that is an example. Think about that. You're like, man, I want to be part of Liberty Baptist Church and the orchestra. And boy, man, I would if I could. I want, I mean, this is awesome. But think about that. This is, the, this is the grand finale. You're watching the display. But you know how it came about? Little by little. Weekly practice. And you're like, all right, we're going to do these three measures tonight. That is the most boring thing in the world. When I was in the choir that one week, I was like, all right, we're going to learn this little part of the song. I'm like, let's sing the whole thing. Right? We're doing a little bit at a time. But nobody wants the nitty-gritty. Nobody wants to be part of the grind. We want to be part of the performance. We want to be part of the final display. And God says, the final display is, I'm going to give you all the land. The stipulation is, I'm giving it to you a little bit at a time. In just little increments at a time. And that is a description of the Christian life. Because the Christian life really is just baby step after baby step after baby step after baby step. And, you know, someone it's easy for someone to come in after you've been taking baby steps for three years and say, wow, look what God's done. And they come for six months and it doesn't happen as fast as they think it should and they leave. And they miss out on the blessings of God. He says, I will not drive them out from before thee in one year. Although he could, he says, I'm not going to, but it will be little by little. Turn, if you will, to Deuteronomy chapter number 7. Deuteronomy chapter number 7, verse number 20. You'll see again an attribute of God as he's saying, hey, this is how I'm going to do it. I can, I can, but I'm going to only give it to you in increments a little bit at a time. Deuteronomy seven twenty. Moreover, the Lord thy God will send the hornet among thee until they that are left and hid themselves from, from thee be destroyed. Thou shalt not be affrighted at them. 
For the Lord thy God is among you, a mighty God and terrible, and the Lord thy God will put out these nations before thee by little and little, that thou mayest not consume them at once, lest the beast of the field increase upon thee. Again, reminding them, I'm going to do it, but it's at my pace, and it's little by little. I want to give you a couple reasons why I believe God works that way. Why I believe the Christian life is that way. Wouldn't it be nice that you get saved and then like instantly, like what some people actually teach, you know, if any man be in Christ, the outward man is a new creature. That's not what the Bible's saying. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. That's the inward man. And so, yes, the outward still has a lot of work and we'll work with that even as Paul said, he struggles with that even until the day that he gets his glorified body and he longed for that day. But in the Christian life, wouldn't it be nice if you're at the door and you're like, all right, let's pray. And they, you, get them, you lead them to the Lord or down the Romans road. You get them to pray that prayer and you look up and there's this different person in front of you. Wow. Who wouldn't pray that prayer? You know, all of a sudden their marriage is back together. They have no addictions. They have no, all their sin nature is gone. They're just sitting there like, wow, I feel like singing. And they open up their mouth and this angelic voice is coming out. Whoa. Wow. That's not how it is, is it? But you know, God can do that for, through any of us. But you know how he's going to do it? Little by little. You're going to say, well, what's the first step? Go to church. Well, that's, that's a simple step. Yeah, faithfulness to church. Try that for 30 years and see what God can do. A lot of people want what a Christian took 30 years to get, but they want it right now. And God says, I give it to you little by little. And I believe, number one, the reason he does that is because he's preparing us. And if you notice in the text, he's like, hey, I could, but you're not ready for it yet. You're not ready to maintain all this. And he says, I could, but I want to give it to you a little bit at a time. Turn, if you will, just a couple examples of that. Proverbs chapter 13, look at verse number 11. Proverbs chapter 13, verse number 11, little by little. If you get it too quickly, it may not be good for you. you, don't have, you he wants to prepare you and make you worthy of that or able to handle that as a good steward. And an example of that is in wealth, you know, which we don't believe in playing the lottery. Amen. At least I don't, and Brother McMurtry doesn't, but maybe a few. <laughs> hey, work for it, right? You don't want this easy money. That's what the generation wants today. They just want it all handed to them, and they don't want to have to go out there and actually work for it. And you know how you get it? Little by little, by little by little. But look what the Bible says about wealth if it's gotten too quickly. Proverbs thirteen eleven: Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. You know what he's saying? A little bit of paycheck by paycheck by paycheck by paycheck by paycheck by paycheck. That kind of wealth will last. When it's just fully handed to you and you get these millions of dollars that you think you could live the rest of your life on, isn't it interesting, the statistics, how quickly people can go from a millionaire to broke when they get it by way of lottery? You know, it's, they're, they're skipping out the process which God had asked, and that was little by little by little. And wealth gotten like that, the Bible says, will be diminished, but if it's by labor, it will last, it will endure. Labor not to be rich, cease from thine own wisdom. Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings, they fly away as an eagle toward heaven. So there's an example when it comes to our wealth, when it comes to finances. We, we want to just that little by little. You know, the guy that's ready to retire, he put $10 a month or $10 a week back when he was a teenager. And he just kept putting it back and he kept putting it back and he kept putting it back. And then finally, when he's 60, 70, I don't know whatever age it is, you say at seven years and you look back you're like, wow. And here you are at 40, 50, you haven't done anything. You're like, well, it's just not fair. 
You know, I can't retire because nobody ever gave me a million dollars. Well, how do you think they got it? Little by little. And that's, you know, I'm not, I'm not advocating retirement. I'm not advocating one way or another. I'm just saying we can see that in the physical realm. That's how it works in the spiritual realm. You know, I want to have a, a good understanding of the Word of God. To get a good word, understanding of the Word of God, it's not binge-watch YouTubes. Okay, so if I can just watch, you know, 40 hours of service this week, you know, and I can come back and now I'm smarter than Pastor McMurtry. Because I, I watched all, that's not how it works. You know how it is? Line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. And it's years of reading your Word of God that you finally come out with a level understanding of the Word of God. And it's little by little. He's preparing us. We're not ready for things yet. He's saying, hey, I want to do something great through you, but you're not ready yet. I mean, there's some, there's some preparation that needs to happen. You know, when it comes also, the desire to preach is a great desire. Would you agree with that? I believe that is. But, you know, sometimes people want to skip out the little by little when it comes to the desire to preach. Hey, how about this? They come like, preacher, I want to be ordained. Great. Little by little. What's the objective? Ordination. How do I get there? Baby steps. And, you know, oftentimes people want to skip out and, and, and uh, eliminate the baby steps. So they just go to some pastor who will just uh, put a stamp approval on them and then send them out. And they're like, oh, wow, this is great. No, here's how it works. It's little by little because the Bible says you're not ready yet. You're a novice. You need to be tried. You need to be tested. Hey, great. The end result might be that you're a pastor. The end result might be that you're a missionary. But you can't skip the little by little because he's preparing you. There's some preparation that has to take place. The Bible says... About the the qualifications of a pastor, not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. So part of those that want to pastor, part of the training is knowing the word of God. And as Pastor McMurphy even mentioned in the Sunday school hour, it's more than just knowing it. It's all doctrine is also the behavior of it. And so if here's here's how it is. You want to be a pastor? All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you this time, this preparation time, little by little by little. And you know in those times, you know what you do? You preach sermons that you think, oh, man, I was a little wrong on that. pastor has to come to you and say, hey, I love the zeal, but it's not what that verse meant. You know what that is? It's humbling. You know, but imagine if you didn't have a pastor that could come and do that for you, and you are the pastor. And there are some pastors out there who say some pretty dumb things. And they pound the pulpit real hard and it makes it sound like it must be true. And you're thinking, who ordained you? You skipped a very important process called little by little. You missed the preparation. Hey, maybe one day they should be a pastor, but not today. There's that ordination process. And, and we'll see that in any area of ministry that you'll see. Hey, great. Hey, I want to play in the orchestra. Great. Go home and practice. Well, I don't want to practice. Well, no, you, you, to get there, you're going to have to do a lot of practice. And so we see that when it comes to a new convert, salvation, baptism, growing. You know, some of the baby steps, man, I love to see Christians taking those first steps. You ever see a, anybody with toddlers and you're watching them take those first steps? Aren't those first steps way more important than when they're 30 years old and 40 years old? Or, you know, you're just like, oh, and they're not even really good steps. You know, it's like we're, we're counting steps that aren't steps. You know, they're like holding on. They let go for a second and they kind of stumble, but they catch themselves. Oh, they just took a first step. Did you get it on me? Like, oh, I don't think that was quite a first step. But they're not very great, but we're excited because they're headed somewhere. And so, and, and you know, when, when a Christian's coming and they're getting baptized, we're all excited. But let me tell you something. The Christian life is not just about being baptized. But isn't it a great first step? It is a wonderful thought, but, you know, that's not the end either. All right, well, I've done it. I've been saved, and now I'm baptized. Park. No, that was just a little step. 
And then, you know, for, you know, sometimes it's like, hey, I'll go up to the guys that have been coming faithful for a while. And I'll say, hey, brother, during the offering, I'm going to ask you to pray. Are you okay with that? And you'll watch their eyes. <laughs> right? That's a big step. All right. I'm ready. And you can see them. They're back there. And I, I was the exact same way. I'm telling you, I never publicly prayed uh, until I was after, after I was married. And it was still, I mean, I had to have it thought, like, what am I going to say? You know, if it comes by default, I'll be like, dear Jesus, thank you for this food. You know, it's like, oh, we're not at the table. You know, like, what am I going to, I'm like thinking, what do I pray? How do I say, those are first steps. And, you know, you watch that, that Christian and you say, hey, brother so-and-so. And you could see they knew it was coming and they're sweating bullets. Could you open us in prayer? And there they, they stand to their feet and here they are and they're stuttering those words. And I feel like clapping afterwards, like, man, good job, buddy. That's a great first step. Those are some things that we have to go through. But if you skip on all that, you're going to be lifted in pride. Isn't it funny how a two-year-old Christian knows more than the 30-year pastors? And it's like, and by the way, the ones that can, can, uh, continually critique the pastors and ministries, after about three years, they're not even in church themselves. They know more than everybody. I don't even know. I, I, you know, I get all the time, I wonder if Pastor Boyle's saved. That's okay. You know, I don't have any insecurity if you don't understand if I'm saved or not. That's okay. But I, this, the thought of that is like, you know, and, and, and I'm sure it happens to Pastor McMurtry just as much as it does to me. And you just think these Christians, they're trying to just catapult themselves to the front of the line and skip out the little by little. But with the little by little comes a lot of wisdom. You know, I'm thankful that I did not start my pastorship before I was in Romania for eight years, because I learned a lot in Romania. And let me tell you something, that was back before the technology was the way it is today. I mean, we had once a week, I call my mom, I wouldn't even call it, it was through Yahoo Messenger. And we, we were like just amazed that it was live typing. I could type and I could see her typing and she could see me typing. That was the cool. I would sit there after church, bring over some of the Romanians with me, and they, I would say, look at this, I'm going to type and it's going instantly to America. Watch this. Whoa. I mean, it wasn't even a voice call. It was just like, wow, this is so cool. This, that's Internet for you, buddy. But you had to wait an hour for it to dial up. Right? You know how, that's, that's how technology was. And I'm thankful for that because I made a lot of stupid mistakes. I've done a lot, said a lot of things that I regret. Things, you're just growing. But you need that time because if you're trying to get to the end, God says, I'm going to give it to you little by little. And he's preparing us. You might have a desire to do something for God. Let me tell you something. Don't skip out the little by little. And don't get bored with the daily routines. Don't skip out on that because eventually those that remain, those that continue in the little by little are the ones that get where you so bad want to be, but you can't skip the routine. God is preparing you. And we see the Bible tells us in the areas of truth, it's, it's given little by little. He says this in 1 Corinthians 3, you don't have to turn there. Paul says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. You know what he's saying? He says, there's some things in here I'd like to teach, but you're not ready for it yet. You've got to learn some things. You've got to grow in your walk with the Lord so that you can be ready to handle the deeper things of God. You know, and, and as, as a pastor, the, 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 the struggle is a, a 
balanced meal every every service. A little bit of doctrine, a lot of deep things, pulling out, but not losing the crowd because not everybody's ready to handle some of these things. But hey, get to that point where you're able to grow in the Word of God. Number two, the reason I believe it's little by little is not just because He's preparing us, but number two, I believe it's because He's proving us. He's proving us. Turn, if you will, to Luke chapter 16. Look at verse number 10. I believe God is proving us to see if we're worthy of the title or that position or that whatever it is that you're desiring. Man, I wish my marriage was like that. Well, let me tell you how it starts. Little by little. And here's how they fall apart. Little by little, isn't it? And so you say, man, I want that. I want that destination. I want to be that Christian. I want to be able to preach like that. I want to be able to soul win like that. I want to have the confidence. I want to have a marriage. Whatever it is that you're going for, it's little by little. And the reason is he's preparing you, but he's proving you. Look at Luke chapter 16, verse 10. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also how? In much. He that is unjust in least is unjust also in much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Do you see a test taking place here? Do you see God saying, hey, you want this? Then be faithful in the little. How many people want to preach from behind the pulpit, but they're only going to show up if they're on the schedule to preach? Now, I know in, in the churches that I've been through the years, there's two philosophies. And the one philosophy is give them responsibility. They'll be faithful. That's not a good philosophy. How about wait till they're faithful and then they get the responsibility? And you know, how do you prove you're faithful? Little by little by little. Well, I've been going three weeks and he hasn't called on me to pray or read the scriptures or nothing. Well, we're still seeing if you're going to show up. You know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday. That, there's a monotony there. And they're just kind of like, oh, same old thing. And you know what? You expect just a bigger and better each week. Pastor, man, you got to do better than last week. Brother Daniel, this was great, but I can't wait till next week. You're like, uh, no, next week's practice. There's that little by little because he's proving us. And if you won't be faithful in the little, you will not be faithful in the much. You will not be. That's what the Bible says. And so you say, well, you know, if I, and, and here's, let me just give you some examples of that. You desire to be a pastor, yet you can't dress like a pastor in church. But, you know, it, this is not a uniform. Well, you know, I got a clock in. No, I give my best to the Lord. And I remember giving my best to the Lord when I was just a little kid, had no thought that I could ever publicly speak or do anything. And I, people always say, oh, what are you going to be, a preacher when you grow up? I was just giving my best to the Lord. I wasn't waiting until God gave me a position before I decided to act that position. I mean, doesn't, doesn't the world say that too in their wisdom? Dress the part of position that you want. You know, if you want to be the manager, start put, tucking your shirt in and showing up on time and being clean and perfect, Right? Isn't that what they say in the world? You dress the part that you want. How about this? Give God your best, and then all of a sudden you know when it's time for God to choose someone, he's going to choose someone who's been faithful in little when it didn't matter and give you the, the position and the responsibility. I oftentimes say this. I, you know, The Boyle family, where we are, what we do, has nothing to do with whether I'm a pastor or not. Long, and Sometimes I wish I wasn't, only to show, like, look, 
You don't have to be a pastor to be faithful to the house of God. You don't have to be a pastor to have your kids lined up and dressed up and ready and singing in the church service and being part, being part of the service. I mean, you don't have to be a pastor to show up on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You don't have to be a pastor to be faithful to soul winning. But you know, oftentimes the people who are doing that the most are the ones that either become the pastors or leaders or are raising the next generation of pastors and leaders. It's funny how that works. I think it's because he's uh, proving us. But then thirdly, if you'll turn to Exodus chapter number 23, back to our text. Exodus chapter number 23, look at verse 29. He says, I will not drive them out before thee in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field multiply against thee. By little and little I will drive them out from before thee. Notice why. Until thou be increased and inherit the land. So he's preparing us. He's proving us. Are you able to handle these responsibilities? But then thirdly, he's protecting us. He's not giving us. Imagine now back to that new convert at the door and they get saved and you, you lead them to the Lord. And then God just comes past McMurtry. How old were you when you got saved? Five, Five years old. All right, so he comes to you at five years old. Now, you, your dad's sitting here, and what an honor to be able to have him here in the faithful years that he represents of ministry. But imagine at five years old, God comes and says, you better start preparing messages. You're preaching. Now, you know, this isn't a Christian home, but imagine, you know, someone maybe has a testimony. You got saved out of the world. And then God's like, all right, you're going to be pastoring a church one day. We can't even become a silent partner soul winning, let alone think about writing a sermon and standing in front of people preaching. We're not ready for it. He's protecting us from it. You know, you'll see where God continues to keep his hand. It's like puts blinders on. Hey, I'm not, don't worry about tomorrow. You just worry about right now. I'll take care of tomorrow. Don't worry about that. Let me give you an example of that. Turn now to Exodus chapter 13. Go back a few chapters. Exodus chapter 13. And you'll see where God is doing it to protect you. He doesn't want to give you more than you're able to handle. He doesn't want to tell you so. I mean, I, I'll just use myself as an example. I was saved at the age of five as well in a Christian home, and thank God for that. But I was super shy. Nobody believes that. I mean, I can't stop talking now, but let me tell you, nobody believes that. But, I mean, you should have seen my wife and I when we were dating. It was like the most boring conversations. Hi. Hi. I mean, it was so awkward. Even back then, I had never preached or public prayed or anything. It was just like, I was just content being in church, sitting there. And I was suit and tie, sitting there taking notes. I would amen, uh, a very subtle, uh, subtle amen. I mean, I couldn't do much. I, w- I was just a shy person. I wasn't this outgoing person. I didn't have that personality. And for, for whatever it was, I don't know, but God put something in me and I just couldn't hide it any longer and I started preaching. But I, if you were to come and tell me, that I would be standing in front of people preaching or a missionary flying to the other side of the world. We were 20, I was 23 years old when we got on an airplane, sold everything I had, jumped on an airplane, landed in a country called Romania. I didn't even know the language. There was nobody there to pick us up at the airport. We just had the name of the town we're supposed to go to. And they're like, it's a small town. Ask where the American lives. You'll find the house. We had to get on a, a train. We had to ride a taxi. We had to hitchhike. We're trying with with kids, baggage. You know, we're, whatever we had, that's all we owned. It was coming with us. And here we are dragging it. We're throwing it on a train. The train's moving. We're still not even loaded. We're we're loading up. We have an address. I, if you would have told, that would have been so intimidating. I'd have never thought I could do it. 
You know, think about the first time you went soul winning. And the only way they got you to go soul winning was by telling you you're a silent partner. What if they said, now in four weeks, you're talking? That would be intimidating, wouldn't it? And that's why we don't put pressure. Whenever you're ready to be a talker, we'll let you take that. You know what that does? It gives you comfortable in that little step. Because we're, prote- we're protecting you. And now, what, what is our goal? <laughs> our goal is to get you to be a talker. Eventually, you know, we don't want you to be a permanent silent partner. But you know what we're doing? We're not putting it all in front of you and saying, hey, take the bite, eat the whole apple. It's one, one bite at a time. Be a silent partner. And you take your time. And then when you can see them start to get ready, you know what you say? Just do the introduction. What are we doing? We're protecting them from going out, from taking something and just scare, and causing them to, to react in fear and run and hide and say, I can't do it. Yes, you can. But little by little, because he's protecting us. Are you there in Exodus 13? Look at verse 17. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war. And they returned to Egypt, but God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. Are you paying attention to what happened? God's got to get them to a destination, and the straight-line destination would have led them through the land of the Philistines, but there was war going on there, and they're like, you might get afraid, it might scare you, I'm going to get you there, but we're going to take a detour because you're not ready for the battles that you're about to see. It'll scare you and you'll run back to Egypt. Think about that. I believe that God has great plans for Liberty Baptist Church. I believe he's already done great things. I believe this is just the beginning. I don't know if it'll happen in our lifetime, Pastor McMurtry, or if we pass that baton and it happens in the next generation. But whatever God's going to do, can you imagine even as a pastor when you're starting off, you look at a building like this, this is phenomenal. What a blessing this is. I mean, we would love to have this in Florida. You guys have a basement. You have a fellowship hall. I mean, just the, the, the room in the auditorium. If you get a chance to come by and see us, it is like Sardine Baptist Church. Like, there's no parking. People are parking at Walmart and the hospital and walking over. There's no parking. The, build, you know, the building's nothing really to look at. It's like every chair is being filled, and we're just like, there's nowhere else to squeeze anybody. We don't have a wall we can knock out. I mean, what a blessing that God has done here. But you know, Pastor McGurkey just starts off baby steps. But I don't believe this is the end either. Why hasn't God given him a vision? Because he's not ready for it yet. But one day, God's going to come and say, all right, now the next step for Liberty Baptist Church. And everybody wants to be part of that next big step. Whoa! But you know how you get there? Little by little by little by little by little. And those who've been along the ride, you've seen God do something with this church, haven't you? Those who are the Johnny-come-latelys, they're like, I don't see anything happening. Oh, it's little by little. You just don't see it. But one day you're going to look back and say, man, I should never have left. People leave and they think God leaves with them. They're like, yep, they're done. And then they hear, they hear back, it's like, they're growing? What? God's still blessing? How does that work? Little by little. It's those that will just constantly go to the grinding stone, just day in and day out. And God does it that way, I think, because he's preparing us. I think it's because he's proving us. But I also think it's because he's protecting us. We're not ready for that. He's not going to give it to us until... We are ready. Now, with that thought in mind, just want to close out with just kind of a, a thought. What, what should I do? Be patient. Stay the course. Don't jump ship because it's not going fast enough. 
See, the world has a way of propelling the little by little. You know, teenagers, there's what a blessing marriage is. But you know what the world wants to do? They want to skip out the little by little and just enter right in and start living the life of a married person without the marriage license. Doesn't end well, does it? But you know, you look at some examples. We've got the McMurtry Seniors family here. You know, what a, what a beautiful picture of marriage, faithfulness. How many years have you been married? 42. You didn't have to get a calculator out on that one, did you? <laughs> 42 years. You know, when, when you're a young person, you don't want to be like, I, don't, I think I want to be divorced three times. <laughs> Maybe four, I'm not sure. Like, how many children do you want? I want, I want two, divorced three or four times. But you know, that's how it happens, isn't it? Well, how do I get that marriage? Little by little. Little by little. Be patient. Wait, don't jump ahead. Don't jump ship. Well, you know, I'm just, I just want to do something for the Lord, and I just can't wait. i got to do it now. All right, great. I love the zeal. Little by little. Little by little. And you know what you're going to look back on? You're going to look back and say, wow, God's been faithful. Never thought I'd be here. And when the day finally comes, whether it's that ordination, whether it's that marriage, whether it's that time you're docking at someone's door and you're talking, you're prepared. You're excited. You, I can't believe I finally made it here. I'm going to knock on a door. I'm going to witness to someone. And then the first soul. Anybody remember the first soul you led to the Lord? Boy, man, you just get a fire lit in you. But it's little by little. Stay the course. Don't jump ship. I mean, think about it like this. I don't know where little Hannah is running around. Here's a scary thought. She's going to be driving one day. I mean, think about it. She will. But she's not ready for that yet. And we're not ready to think about that yet, right? I was like, No. But that's where she's going to be one day. She's going to grow up and be a young lady and get married. And you know, But we're not even talking about that right now. There's a bunch of little steps between there and then. And, you know, as a Christian, don't start waiting for the sensational. Don't, don't jump in when it's all sensational. Man, we've had some great services at our church. You've had some great services here. But you know what it's usually followed by? Some really quiet services. Next Sunday, the Boyle family's gone. And it's just, oh, it's just, oh, it's there's no reason to sing real loud. We have no visitors, right? Well, I thought you were singing for the Lord, right? But there's, that, there's the ups and downs of the ministry. And it's those that ride the ups and downs that when they look back on their life as a whole and say, you know what, 42 years of marriage. You know what it is? 30 years of faithful service. You know what it is? I've been a member of Liberty Baptist Church since it's opened its doors. What a blessing that we'd be able to say that little by little. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us as Christians not to just live for the sensation, not to just go from high to high, not just to live for the mountaintops, but, Lord, to be faithful even in the valleys. Lord, we see example after example how you promised great big promises, but we've got to just be faithful in season, out of season, through the summer, through the winter. Lord, I just pray that you'd help us, Lord, to just be that Christian, that that's a constant faithful Christian, Lord, that doesn't run and hide when things get difficult. Lord, that doesn't only come when it's exciting and feels good. But Lord, someone that you can use and that you can grow us and prepare us and prove us and make us someone that can do a great work for you. We pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.